Awesome. So if you have a Bible, I'm gonna ask you to go to 1 Chronicles 21. 1 Chronicles 21. We are in a study right now where we are talking about humility. Humility is the word that God gave me that I wanna put into practice in 2022. And uh, I really am believing not only that um, humility is going to uh, be a word that we practice together, but because of this practice, I believe that there are gonna be patterns that develop in our life that are going to lead to greatness. You know, we talked last week about how God is great and he is greatly to be praised. The Bible teaches that we have been made in his image. We serve a great God and God wants a great people. Can somebody say amen? And so he wants greatness from us. Now, greatness defined by him is way different than it's defined by the world. We see through scripture that greatness in the kingdom is not determined by status and money. Greatness in the kingdom is about service and sacrifice. And today I wanna talk to you about sacrifice. I've got a message and I actually have a title for a message so you know it's a special day if you're tuning in today. Today's message title is called It Must Be Isaac. It Must Be Isaac. I'm gonna read a couple verses and then we're gonna pray and then we're gonna jump into 1 Chronicles 21. 1 Peter 2 and 5 says this. It says, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Luke 9, 23 through 24 says this. This is Jesus talking. He says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily, and follow me. For whoever would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will save it. How about that? Sacrifice. It must be Isaac. So Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word today. And we are believing, God, that you are gonna speak clearly to us. We know that you brought us here today because you have something very specific you want to deliver to us. We know that we opened up our computer or opened up our phone or turned on our television and tuned in today because you have something you want to declare over our lives. And we thank you. We thank you. Come on, we, we even clap our hands right now in advance for what you are going to say and what you are going to do. In Jesus' name we pray and everybody said amen. I'm telling you, I'm, I've, I've never really been interested in fame. I, I saw and I met early on in my life some people who had a, a level of fame. It wasn't like movie star fame, but I, I met some people who were famous and throughout my life, God has put me into some spaces and places with people um, who are famous. And to tell you the truth, I don't want fame because I've met some really miserable, famous people. And part of their misery is their fame. And so when I talk to you about greatness, I'm not talking to you about greatness because I want you to be famous in the sense that everybody knows who you are because that could destroy a lot of us. <laughs> when I talk about greatness, I'm really and truly talking about effectiveness. 
Come on, I, I really could care less about fame. I wanna be effective. How many people in the room today would say, I want my life to be effective. I want when I finish my race, I run my course for my life to have meant something, to have mattered, and to be effective. And I think every person in this room, because God teaches us through scripture that he's put eternity in our hearts. So there's something in us that longs and desires for more than we see in this life. And I think connected to that is the desire is the desire to be effective, the desire to make a difference. Matthew 25 and 23, Jesus kind of defines effectiveness. He, he talks about it in this way. He says to, to those who are entering into the, to heaven, he says, well done, thou what? Good and faithful. Good and faithful servant. I think the combination of good and faithful equal greatness. I think this combination of good and faithful equal greatness. This is what we're going for. We're going for well done, thou good and faithful servant. And Jesus, again, remember when Jesus defines greatness in Mark chapter nine, Jesus defines greatness by service and by sacrifice. And with that in mind, I'd like for you to turn with me to 1 Chronicles chapter 21. 1 Chronicles chapter 21, and we're gonna jump into the portion of scripture that we're gonna talk about today. We're gonna pull our lesson from today. 1 Chronicles 21, I'm gonna start in verse one. I might jump around a little bit just be, for brevity's sake because this is a lot of, of verses. This whole chapter is the story that we're going after. So 1 Chronicles 21 and one, the Bible says, Satan rose up against Israel and incited David to take a census of Israel. So David said to Joab and the commanders of the troops, go and count the Israelites from Beersheba to Dan. Then report back to me so that I may know how many are there. But Joab replied, may the Lord multiply his troops a hundred times over, my Lord the king. Are not all of these troops, are not all of these people the Lord's subjects? Why does my Lord want to do this? Why should he bring guilt on Israel. This is a powerful thought. The king's words, however, though, overruled Joab. So Joab left and went throughout Israel and then came back to Jerusalem. Now, verse six, verse six says, but Joab did not include Levi and Benjamin in the numbering because the king's command was repulsive to him. This command was also evil in the sight of the Lord of God, so he punished Israel. Verse eight says, so, so, so then David says to God, I have sinned greatly by doing this. Now I beg you, take away the guilt of your servant. I have done a very foolish thing. So the Lord sent Gad, this is David's seer, David's prophet, and he says to David, he says, this is what the Lord says, I'm giving you three options. Choose one of them to carry out against you. So Gad went to David and said to them, this is what said to him, this is what the Lord says. Take your choice, three years of famine, Three months of being swept away before your enemies with their swords overtaking you? Or three days of the sword of the Lord? Days of plague in the land with the angel of the Lord ravaging every part of Israel. Now then, decide how I should answer the one who sent me. So David said to Gad, he said, I am in deep distress. Let me fall into the hands of the Lord for his mercy is very great. But do not let me fall into human hands. So David saying this, he chose option three. Then the Lord, the Bible says, sent a plague on Israel. 70,000 men of Israel fell dead. 
And God sent an angel to destroy Jerusalem. But as the angel was doing so, the Lord saw it and relented concerning the disaster and said to the angel who was destroying the people, enough. Aren't you thankful for when God says enough? I'm thankful for when God says enough. Withdraw your hand. The angel of the Lord was then standing at the threshing floor of Arona, the Jebusite. The Bible says, David looked up and saw the angel of the Lord standing between heaven and earth with a drawn sword in his hand extended over Jerusalem. Then David and the elders, clothed in sackcloth, fell face down. David said to God, was it not I who ordered the fighting men to be counted? I, the shepherd, have sinned and done wrong. I love how David takes responsibility here. At the beginning of this story, it says Satan rose up against Israel and incited David. But David doesn't get to the point where he says, you know, God, if it wasn't for the devil, the devil made me do it. Aren't you thankful today that the devil doesn't make me do anything? Come on, somebody. David says, this was me, God. This was me only. He said, I have sinned. And these are but sheep. What have they done? Lord, my God, let your hand fall on me and my family. Do not let this plague remain on your people. Then the angel of the Lord ordered Gad to tell David to go up and to build an altar of the Lord on the threshing floor of Aruna the Jebusite. So David went up in obedience to the word that God had spoken in the name of the Lord. While Aruna was threshing wheat, he saw the angel his 